Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in to another edition of Fighter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Brendan Tobin here with you. I will take you up the next hour, and we will go over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Seema Tommy Guns out this week. Uh, they will return next week as... We will uh, we'll have a lot more action to talk about. A lot of a lot of uh, news and notes this week, as the action was slow this this weekend. I didn't even almost almost didn't know what to do with myself. I caught myself on HBO last night watching the replay of their card with uh, with uh, Chuck Latito and Triple G. They put the uh, they put the replay up last night, and yeah, not not many not many different uh, differing opinions after watching it a second time. I uh, still feel like. Uh, Chocolatito definitely deserved to win that fight uh, and still came away thinking that Daniel Jacobs uh, won his fight. Although, you know, those knockdowns did loom large. They did loom large in both of those fights. So um, we move on. We move on to the next thing. Now, here's the interesting thing from that card and the idea of Daniel Jacobs and if he'll ever get to fight Triple G again. The numbers are out on what it did business-wise at the pay-per-view box office. And this was first reported by Kevin Ioli. Does a fantastic job covering boxing and mixed martial arts for Yahoo Sports. And he came out with the number 170,000 pay-per-view buys for Triple G versus Jacobs with Chocolatito on the, on the card as well. And that's not good, man. That's, that's not, uh, that's, I would say if you were Triple G, you had you had to hope that his star power was going to get him to the point where he was going to at least crack 200. At least. And his promoter confirmed those numbers to Yahoo Sports, so this isn't something we're just throwing up against the wall. The The numbers came back, and they were better than he was against David Lemieux uh, back in December of 2015, his first crack of pay-per-view. But that's still... That's still iffy, and this is already having an having a domino effect on Triple G versus Canelo, who is going to fight Cinco de Mayo weekend against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It's Cinco de Mayo weekend. You got a you got uh, the biggest star out of Mexico in Canelo Alvarez versus a versus a legacy. You know he's got a shaky reputation, but he but. You got you got one of their great fighters, his son, fighting against their biggest star. It's gonna do amazing numbers, you know. Make no mistake. And so, Oscar De La Hoya comes out this week, and he talks to the LA Times and says there's gonna be a change in his offer to Triple G because the numbers were so poor. De La Hoya's uh, quote is saying, "quote because 
when Golovkin Jacobs does between 100 and 200,000 homes, it's a big risk for me to put a lot of money up front. So if we're going to make this fight happen, we have to work with each other. It all depends on the pay-per-view and the risk that we have to take. People talk about Golovkin being a big, a big superstar. Why is he only selling 100, 200,000 homes? He's no Canelo, that's for sure. So that was De La Hoya's thoughts on the numbers coming out. And as we've seen with big fights and these fights coming together with different promoters, if it's not if it's not in-house, if it's not just one promoter doing all of the uh, doing all of it by themselves. It's not somebody in his own stable. This, this hurdle is going to be, uh, it's going to be another thing that's going to keep this fight from happening because I'd imagine Oscar the Hoya is coming out with those quotes because he's lowering the offer. He's not coming back and saying, I'm redoing my entire offer to triple G to say, I'm giving him more money. After you get this news, if triple if triple G if the if the the numbers were to come back, he did half a million homes, four hundred thousand. That's one thing. Uh, but to think that he's doing these types of numbers, yeah, I can understand why Oscar's saying like, how much do you expect us to give you now? When you have something like this, uh, when you have uh, two guys who I think need each other. It's different. Like when you have Floyd Mayweather chasing Conor McGregor, and that's the only fight he wants, and that's the only fight that he wants to come out of retirement for. And Conor's still just a, a, a huge star. He's a he's a blockbuster pay-per-view athlete. He's must-watch. People will fork over $60 to watch him. That's when you got to talk about 50-50 split, 60-40 split, just just... He's got to get his piece. But the idea of Triple G being a big star, I think the question's got to be asked, how big a star is he? You know, he's got a really cool moniker. He had the knockout streak. He had great gimmick to him. You know, but he's getting up there. This isn't like Canelo, who's, you know, been around and in our homes forever. He's only 26 years old. Triple G's 35. He's 35 years old, and he's he doesn't have this huge uh, money money paying nation behind him. You know, Kazakhstan. It's it's cool. Like he, you know, Gennady speaks good English for where he's from, but. It's not like he's got this this crazed fan base like Mexico behind him. So I, I do wonder with Triple G, like when it, what is going to be that make or break moment? Does he need Canelo to be that launching point? You know, Floyd's real launching point was fighting Oscar De La Hoya, and he'll tell you many times. You know, I was I was the B side for that. I followed everything, and and I, and and I was listed second. And De La Hoya, he got all the perks. And you gotta you gotta wonder with Triple G, does he need beating a guy like Canelo to really be a star? And if that's the case, how much how much should he get for that? Because if he beats Canelo, they're probably gonna fight again. It's not gonna be one of these things where unless he just blitzes him and just goes right through him. Um, but that's something that's gonna set up for oh, they'll fight multiple times. So 
does Triple G need to invest a little bit into this fight and bet on himself, I guess is what I'm saying, to to really, really warrant getting those superstar paydays? Because it was interesting. Uh, Floyd was uh, Floyd was he was talking to FightHype.com this week, and he was he was asked about you know fighting Triple G and 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 Floyd said that if if I were still in the fight game and it wasn't just trying to come out for this Connor fight, I w- I would do work on him. You know, you you would all see that. And that, and that he thinks that that Triple G is a little bit exposed, and that the competition is getting harder. And if you're getting somebody that he can really match size with, that he's not this great invincible force that we all thought he was. And this inevitably happens in boxing. You know, the the rise for the guys who are are really really talented, like Triple G. You're eventually going to run into somebody who you can't knock out. You're eventually going to run into somebody whose face you can't cave in. You know, fighting a guy like Kell Brooks, who's way, way smaller than you, you know, who looked decent, but eventually your your physical attributes just overwhelmed him. Daniel Jacobs got a knockdown on him, um, but eventually you get too high. You know, Pacquiao ran into this. Pacquiao, he, he, was, he was mowing through everybody, but eventually you get to somebody who's too big and you can't do it anymore. Roy Jones, same thing. You know, looking for fights, looking for fights, you get up to a point where you can't finish them like you used to. It's just, it's too hard. The body the body can only do so much. Um, so I don't know if this is so much Triple G as being exposed uh, as overhyped. I don't think he's overhyped. I think Triple G is is tremendous. But the the question of how much do people care about watching Triple G um, I think that really that that's that's still a, a huge question mark. If that fight was on HBO, I'm sure it it would have done huge numbers. Uh, you know, and I'm sure if we would have put it on broadcast television like they did Thurman and Garcia, I'm sure it would have done huge numbers. But the question is, are these guys good enough to have the public fork over? 60 to 70 dollars to watch them fight and i just don't know if that's the case with him and i don't know i don't really know how many guys there really are like that in boxing anymore you know boxing put forth andre ward versus sergey kolev i don't know if you can make a better fight than that that is that is one of that's one of the aces i mean if 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 you got if you got four aces in a deck per year that's one of the aces that boxing could put forth and Nobody bought it, you know. It was it was it was uh, it was not a huge blockbuster. So I guess the question remains: like, who? What is the ace out there? Like, what what is the next the next play? Is it Canelo versus Triple G? And if it is, how much does that how much does that do? And how much of that is just because people want to watch Canelo, not Triple G? Um, it's interesting. It's it, it boxing's in this place where. I do feel like they have a lot of talented guys, and they have a lot of people uh, that I enjoy tuning into. But I, I, how many how many of those matchups out there are? Yeah, I'll fork over 
not only my my premium cable subscription, which you got to pay for HBO, you got to pay for for Showtime. These things are not free. Um, how much are you willing to even fork over more? Because it's it's for the most part it's so readily available. So how much how many guys out there can still command in boxing uh, your extra dollars? And and not even just guys uh, matchups. Like what is what's what's the dream matchup that will get people to fork over? That's sixty dollars uh, just to just to watch him, and is it, right now is the list Canelo and Floyd Mayweather, and that's it. Because I think I, I think unfortunately I think that is the list right now, and this isn't and this isn't just short of uh, this isn't just short of boxing. Like UFC is going through some of this too. Who who are the guys who everybody will fork over that money to watch? But the difference is UFC does have. This this brand fan base where you know they'll still do on any decent pay per view they'll do twice what Canelo did uh, twice what Triple G does, did excuse me so they have a little bit of a safe haven there boxing it's 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 right now it's it's a tough it's a tough it's a tough sell right now I think to to have fans want to fork over uh, their hard earned money to watch certain fights. And I'm not even saying that these fights aren't worthy of it. I think watching a Triple G versus Daniel Jacobs, what those guys put forth and what, what Chuck Latito put forth, that was worth your money. I'm not saying that those guys aren't worth your money. I'm just wondering why people aren't paying for them and who are the guys that people will just based on the card. We got plenty to get to, a lot of news and notes to dive into, and a huge, huge uh, local match. That has finally been announced. We've been waiting for this uh, announcement for a while, and we got it this week. We'll tell you about that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Tobin here with you as we'll take you up until around 11 o'clock today. Greg Likens will join in uh, the show. We'll take over uh, on The Ticket after us today. Now, uh, we got big news this week, man. Really, really exciting we finally have date, location. It's all set. We've been waiting for this. Um, we knew it was coming, but we wanted the uh, the official announcement out there. So it was great to hear this week uh, on Instagram. Uh, the Heavyweight Factory announced that Shannon Briggs versus Freza Kendo is going to be set for June 3rd at the Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino at the Hard Rock Live. Uh, very exciting, man. Very exciting. We had Champ on. Um, was about three weeks ago. We had him on. Uh, we had him on uh, with me and Leroy at the at the Hard Rock. We do every every Friday at the Hard Rock at the Poker Room. Um, and Champ Champ swung by, and he was hoping that it was going to be at the Hard Rock, right across the street from uh, from where he trains, and that's where it's going to be, man. So really exciting news that Shannon Briggs is going to have a chance to win the WBA Heavyweight Championship against. Frezzakendo, June 3rd at the Hard Rock. We're going to be following that like crazy on this show um, because uh, we love that story, man. Really, you know, we've gone over many times of uh, of Shannon's turnaround and uh, the the entertainment that he brings, the, uh, the 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 change in his body that he's been able to to go through, and uh, change in his mindset since uh, since you know where he was when he first won his first title to where he is now. Uh, just, just a fascinating story, man. Fascinating guy. And so we, uh, we can't wait to see that, uh, Briggs versus Kendo for the WBA title will take place June 3rd at the hard rock. 
And we'll continue to follow that story, man. It's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, other news that came out this week, Bellator was in the news a lot this week. We didn't have any UFC fights this week. Uh, they actually won't be in action again until uh, UFC, uh, would it be? it'll be 210 with uh, with Anthony Rumble Johnson against Daniel Cormier. And so we'll get into that next week. We'll preview it and all that all that jazz. But it's uh, quiet, quiet times for the UFC. Actually, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to have a UFC break because they've uh, they were at a point where it was like it was, you know, like fifty three cards in in the span of a year. There's only fifty two weeks, so they were on all the time. Um, but but MMA, I wasn't I wasn't watching Invicta last night, so sorry, I didn't break that down for everybody. I'm not gonna not gonna pretend. But no Bellator, no UFC this week. And Bellator will be back next week with Rampage Jackson versus King Mo. And a little funny back and forth that they had on the media call this week where Rampage brings up that, uh, you know, it's at a catch weight at 235. And King Mo stops him. He's like, what? No, it's not. It's not at a catch weight at 235. It's at heavyweight, man. 265 limit. And so... Rampage is like, no, no, no. It's at it's at a catch weight. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, No, man, it's at it's at heavyweight. You could go to the heavyweight limit of 265. It's not at 235. He goes, he's like, but my coaches, my coach has been telling me this is a catch weight. He's like, my coach has been lying to me. And and so so King Mo's like, yeah, man. Heavyweight. Not no, there's no catch weight. 265 limit. And and Rampage got all upset that his coaches had been lying to him, saying that this fight was at a at two thirty at two thirty five catch weight. So, you know, I think so. I don't know how you want to take that with Rampage. Like, you know, Rampage if Rampage is going to balloon up to two sixty five in the span of a week, I doubt that. Um, but if that is the case, and you are worried that your fighter is going to be undisciplined, not a bad tactic by the coaches to say that the weight limit is 30 pounds lighter than the limit that you're talking about. Um, so those two will get down next week, and I'm looking forward to that fight. It's it's not one of these fights where I think it's going to be um, – it's certainly not going to be the most tactical thing in the world. And I wonder, too, if, uh, if King Mo is even going to try and stand and strike with Rampage or if he's going to just try and take him down and gas him out. So – I don't know if, if if it stays standing. Certainly, Rampage has a shot, but yeah, I got a feeling that King Mo's probably gonna want to take that down and and uh, and and mess with Rampage's gas tank a little bit. But that was a funny thing to read, man. That they on their conference call this week, Rampage didn't even know that it was a heavyweight. He's just like, yeah, this was a catchweight. What are you talking about? But Bellator was in the news this week. They made uh, an interesting announcement that they are going to. I guess we're doing a lot of pay-per-view talk this week. They're going to be doing their first or their second uh, promotional pay-per-view, but first time in a while. And it's going to be headlined by Chael Sonnen versus Vandalay Silva. And they're going to stack this card. They've already announced that they got two title fights this uh, on this card. They're also going to have Fedor on this card. Uh, Fedor versus Matt Mitrione. And Lorenz Larkin versus Doug Lima is going to be on there for the, for the uh, welterweight title. Michael Chandler is going to be on that card uh, defending his lightweight title. And who knows? They also announced that Ryan Bader was uh, was signed this week by Bellator. And, you know, probably going to be, I, I would guess that Bader's first fight's going to be against Phil Davis. 
Um, so maybe that'll, I don't know if they're going to put that by themselves or if that'll be another title fight they throw on this thing. Um, but it is interesting. Like Bellator is dipping their toe in the water with pay-per-view and and how will this one do? You know, you got Fedor who's certainly a, a legacy name. He's, you know, and Chael versus Tito did huge numbers for them, broke records for them. Did it break records or was it did it was it even with with Kimbo? Nonetheless, it, it did tremendous for them. It did over it, it did over two million viewers. It, it was it was huge success. Chelson and versus Tito Ortiz, terrible fight, but a huge success for to get eyeballs on there. And that's kind of been Bellator's. That's kind of been their problem is they they get people very very interested in their fights, and you know they they kind of they they will. They'll get you intrigued to tune in that night. But for the most part, for the most part, when it comes to Bellator putting on the old time fighters, this kind of uh this kind of legends tour, if you will, the fights are terrible. I mean, and lately it's it's kind of it's been without really any exception. Chael versus Tito, terrible. Chael versus Kimbo, terrible. Chael versus Dada, or uh, Chael, uh, Kimbo versus Dada, terrible. Hoist versus, uh, versus Frank Shamrock, terrible. So, man, I mean, you, and Tito and Tito versus Chael, just, just an awful fight. So, here's what you're going to get with Chael versus Vanderlei. The two hate each other. They have a long-time rivalry. They've, they've, they've actually fought, um when they were coaching on the ultimate fighter Vandalay's chased Chael at conventions before the lead up is going to be tremendous. The question is how good's the fight going to be? And I can't imagine that Chael and Vandalay Silva are going to put on a fantastic matchup. So I would tell you this, if this was on spike TV, no problem. I'm in all you're asking me is I got to tune in for a couple minutes see a couple of guys over the hill, slug it out, you know, grapple a little bit, I'll be in. Now the question turns, are you going to pay $50, $60, $70? Who knows what it turns out to be? Are you going to pay that money, that extra money, to watch Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva? Because it's going to be on them to sell the fight. And you're putting a lot of eggs in, in the Chael Sonnen basket of, can he can he sell a ton of people to to watch to 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 watch him he's the master at it he he was Conor McGregor before Conor McGregor he is he is great at getting people to want to care about watching him fight but the last time he did this for Bellator it was for Tito Ortiz Tito Ortiz is a longtime legend I'm not saying Vandalay Silva doesn't have this great legacy in mixed martial arts he does not, he's not Tito Ortiz. He's not he, he's not at that level. So you throw Fedor on top of it. Okay, Fedor, it, it, it's he he's not going out there and doing interviews, man. Like you're basing that off the hardcore old school MMA fan wants to watch themselves from Fedor. Matt Mitrione, great talker, um, super nice dude, entertaining fighter. But 
not that well known. You know, Matt Mitrione's been around for a while, but he's never been a, a UFC main eventer. And, you know, then you're throwing these titles on top for, for Bellator, and it's just like, that's icing on the cake. That's cool. You know, Michael Chandler's tremendous. He may be one of the best lightweights in the world, no matter what organization he's in. He He's outstanding. Lorenz Larkin, great fighter. Doug Lewis, Lima, great fighter. Um, but again, the, the question becomes, are you going to tune in to watch these guys fight and you have to fork over money for it? And the other problem with, with all the promotion kind of leaning on Chael Sonnen, even with this thing taking place at Madison Square Garden and it being in a huge media market, Chael's last fight was terrible. It was, first of all, some people thought it was fixed. And the other thing is, you know, he got he got choked out by a guy in Tito Ortiz and and people thought it looked phony. And, and Chael even came out afterwards and he said that, yeah, I let go of a, a, a tap because I heard Tito tap. So, I don't know, it kind of feels like you're, you're going to be forking over your money for what's going to be a circus. And I don't know how well that's going to do for Bellator. Now, what's the success for them? I, I mean, if you're, I, I can't imagine you're getting these guys cheap. I'm sure Chael makes great money. I'm sure Fedor's getting paid boatloads of money to do this. And, you know, what's going to be a box office success for them? Are they going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit? I don't think the UFC will go up against it that weekend. You know, but the UFC in June, I mean, I just, you know, their pay-per-view that month is going to be 212. So that's going to be Jose versus Holloway. So that's not going to be the biggest pay-per-view uh, of all time. UFC the month before, they got a monster pay-per-view at UFC 211. Um, but just looking at its competition, I guess the casual MMA fan will probably buy the Bellator card over the UFC card, but again, the UFC fan, the UFC brand has its loyal fan base. And I don't know if that fan base is going to say, yeah, I'm also going to fork over the extra money to watch Fedor fight Mitrione and watch Chael versus Vandalay. If it was free, I think it'd do monster numbers. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, with them want to put this on spike and breaking all their records and really, really cornering that market and saying, yeah, the UFC's got free TV, but look at this. Look at what we're giving to you. I just think that you get into this business, like where do they go from this? You know, they're putting this on pay-per-view and that's cool. But is it gonna is it going to make that much of a splash where you're going to be able to do this more than once a year? Are they hopeful to do this four times a year? I guess the question is, what is Bellator's blueprint? Because, you know, they're doing a good thing here where the UFC is in a bit of a, they're in a bit of a budget cutting place right now with the new ownership. They're not breaking the bank to keep guys who maybe aren't title contenders or aren't big draws. But the fact that they have a UFC, UFC quality guys in Bader, Larkin, they signed Michael McDonald this week. Um, after he was in some bad dealings with the UFC. Is there going to be enough of 
having those guys to make a real dent in the UFC. And I don't think from a pay-per-view standpoint, they can. And I'm not saying the UFC has a, a stable UFC stars, but the UFC brand, UFC titles, they do have something. There is a, a loyal fan base there. And the Bellator brand, not so much yet. The Bellator, it's kind of known as Sideshow, guys over the hill, and their main events have stunk. So, is this going to translate, even if you have everything you can throw at us? Will it translate into people wanting to watch Chael versus Vandalay, Fedor, well past his prime against Matt Mitrione, and a couple of Bellator titles? It's questionable. We'll be back right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury rolls on here on 790, The Ticket. You can text the show 67974 on the Coral Springs Automall text line. Uh, Texter writes in that boxing's in a tight spot right now without Floyd. Showtime has no pay-per-view fighters. Canelo may be the only guy. A lot of young guys and unknown like Lomachenko who wouldn't move the needle. Uh, uh, one suggestion, Leo Santa Cruz versus Lomachenko would be a great fight, but nobody would buy it. Um, yeah, those are good points, man. It's, uh, Vasily Lomachenko is going to be fighting the same weekend as UFC 210. And I'm excited to watch Lomachenko. His last fight was really interesting. That was, um, that was fighting against Nicholas Walters where Walters just quit in the middle of the fight, uh, because Lomachenko was just so good. Like they're his his boxing skill set is is really brilliant to watch but yeah again that's uh, that that the the texture makes a great point i just i don't know when he's going to be able to take that next step to make people care now he's gotten title opportunities at a very very quick part of his professional career and so that's a good thing this isn't this isn't a guy who had to log you know 20 fights before he got his chance. Those things are coming quicker. Uh, so maybe that'll be the thing. You know, you get titles on guys a lot younger and and that climb, uh, we can you, you can follow it a lot more. The climb has a lot more stakes to it earlier on. Um, a lot of the times, these guys have to fight forever before they even get thought about for a title shot. And, you know, the other thing, too, that would help with boxing um that I think is is a help with the mixed martial arts is just the law. The losses shouldn't matter that much. You know, wins and losses obviously matter, but I'm just saying that the losses shouldn't be crippling to to guys. It just it shouldn't. You know, I was at the I was at the Golden Gloves on uh, on Friday. I went after the show. Uh, they were at the the heavyweight factory right at the Hard Rock. And man, I mean, these kids are just fighting their damn hearts out. They're they're they're. You got three damn rounds, and you know. They're they're fighting their damn hearts out. They're doing this. They're doing this for 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 no money, and just just the the unbelievable pride that these guys are putting into that ring. The blood, sweat, and tears. And then they get done. And it's like, yeah, somebody gets their hand raised, but it doesn't feel like either one of them lost. You know, it's 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 first of all, it's it's amateur, so it's all a learning experience, but. That margin is so, so close. It's so damn close. And it's so subjective. You know, it it should be. You can move on and you could be fine. And no big deal. Like Daniel Jacobs, nothing to hang his hat on. And if and if and if Triple G would have lost, 
shouldn't have mattered that much because Dale Jacobs was a game fighter and it was that close. And same thing with Chocolatito. You know, he loses that fight and it shouldn't hurt him one bit. Some guys are Teflon. Like, I don't think Canelo's, I don't think Canelo's been hurt that by, much by losing to a guy like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, you know, the the elite of the elite, the cream of the crop, the half percent top of the mountain who get to finish their careers undefeated, and it is it is slim. But yeah, that should that should obviously be in a different special place, as long as you know they're actually fighting people like like Floyd did. Um but if if you do lose, it's just you know, sometimes it's weighed on these guys like it's the end of the earth. And it and it shouldn't be like that. If they lose, they should just they should be just as viable. The other thing too is um, you know, when when you are young in your boxing career, before you reach that megastar level, you should fight a little bit more often. You know, some of these guys they just don't they're not active and they don't stay in our mindset. They don't they don't uh they they aren't in the ring all the time, like, and 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 that's not the case when you're young in your career. You know, like this Katie Taylor, she's fighting every you know month and a half because she's trying to build up that resume. And it's like, yeah, you know that 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 I'm not saying a month and a half, but it should it should be you know three times a year at least, and that'll build up your fan base. You know, this like the McGregor thing. Like McGregor became this monster pay-per-view star at 26 27 years old which is really really fast you're not usually that young you're not usually mcgregor's age or canelo's age when you become that much of a success and but you know mcgregor fought a lot and he delivered the goods like he was talking a lot of bleep and he was knocking people out in the first round and canelo was delivering really entertaining fights and was just over with the fans and had so many fights at such a young age too so, you know, it's tough. You can't microwave this stuff. It's it's a weird thing. What what makes you what makes you a star and what makes you a superstar? I can't explain it. Like we were leading up to this Triple G fight. I had, you know, I was talking to Max Kellerman, I was talking to Roy Jones, talking to Michael Buffer, and you know, just trying to kind of find from them what's what is the what's the secret ingredient to getting you super over with the fans. And it's hard. It's hard. Like even in the, you got WrestleMania coming up. What, you know, what differentiates a guy like, you know, uh, Chris Jericho to a Stone Cold? You, you know, both tremendous professional wrestlers. Um, you know, both have had runs with the top of the company where they've been asked to carry the mantle. But Stone Cold was the biggest ever man. And I don't know. It's 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 weird to figure out what that little bit extra is. Is it charisma? Is it being able to be great on any given night? Is it being able to be great even on your worst night? I don't know. It's a it's a hard thing to explain. It's a it's a hard thing to explain and it's a hard thing to figure out what they have to bottle up to make it happen. But both uh both sports right now uh are in need of it. Are in need of bankable stars to kind of carry the torch. And boxing's got one. Mixed martial arts really has one. Boxing's gonna get another one back. They're gonna have Floyd, but it's it's not really it's not really him coming back to do it for the sport. Like he's not he's not doing it to build up anybody in the sport. It is interesting though. Like what it like 
what if what if Connor does beat him? Does Connor does Connor then go on and keep boxing, or does he go and he fight mixed martial arts? Because I think that's like, wouldn't he be bigger if he does beat Floyd Mayweather? Let's just talk fantasy land for a second, because everybody's like, oh no, different sport, not gonna happen. Let's just say he does. Let's say he touches him with that with that sweet left hand, and it drops Floyd Mayweather, and it end, and and he gets stopped for the first time in his career. If it caught him McGregor, like would would the next move just he goes fight Can- to to go fight Canelo? Because I know De La Hoya is like he's doing the thing all over media right now where he's like, ah, oh, it's disrespectful to the sport. But let's just say Connor beats Floyd, and then somebody rings up De La Hoya's phone and he says, "Hey, uh, now now he wants to fight Canelo." Is, is De La Hoya gonna hang up the phone and say that's disrespectful, or would he take that fight? Because I gotta think he'd take that fight. I gotta think he does. And would 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 Connor go back? Would he go back to UFC ever if he actually does end up winning this fight? Because one of the things that's interesting, like Bob Arum came out this week and he says that the UFC's initial proposed deal was that they wanted fifty percent of McGregor's purse, which is crazy and selfish. And hopefully that gets squared away. Everybody seems like it's heading towards the right directions, but. I gotta think the UFC is only doing that because they think it's a one-time deal, and they probably they, and they think he's gonna lose, so he's gonna come back. Because what after he gets what they probably think is exposed in boxing, there's gonna be nothing left for him to do. He's gonna come back to UFC, and everything's gonna be everyone's gonna be happy. But I wonder if the UFC is gonna have any kind of like contractual protection in there that this is a one-time deal. Because what if Connor does beat Floyd Mayweather? 40 years old, he's a lot bigger than Floyd. Touches him with that left hand. Floyd goes night-night. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be the bigger option? Like, your next move, if you're Connor, has got to be go fight Canelo, right? Is it going to be to go back to, to fight Tony Ferguson? I don't know. That that's, a, that's an interesting one. What would he do if he does beat Floyd Mayweather and he becomes the biggest combat sports in a, in a generation the biggest combat sports star in a generation would he try and go box again or would he uh, or would he go back to mixed martial arts I wonder interesting one uh, a couple fights that were announced this week Derek Lewis is going to fight uh, Mark Hunt at UFC Fight Night 110 in New Zealand um, so you'll have uh, Lewis who's done looking for where Ronda Rousey's fine ass is at, and Mark Hunt, who's coming off that uh, devastating loss to Alistair Overham. And I think that might be the last fight on Mark Hunt's UFC deal. So, wonder what will be his, uh, what, what will be uh, Mark Hunt's career after this. You know, he's in a lawsuit right now with the UFC and with Brock Lesnar um, over the UFC 200 debacle. So, uh, we'll look out for that. Looking forward to seeing Derek Lewis back in the ring. And and finally, uh, this little nugget that was thrown out there, Holly Holmes' manager said that she was offered a fight, uh, UFC Fight Night 111, which will be in June, and she has not accepted it yet because she still wants the Jermaine Durandamy fight uh, rematch. And I feel for Holly because, you know, she's been on this losing streak ever since knocking out Ronda Rousey, hasn't won a fight, and, you know, now she's being, you know, put to UFC fight night in Singapore. It's uh it's a tough it's a tough fall. 
But, you know, the news came out this week that Chris Cyborg is going to vacate her Invicta title. So she's for sure going to fight for that 145 belt. And I do feel for Holly because she won that fight. I mean, she did get screwed out of that Jermaine Durandamy fight. And now she's she's not going to get that opportunity to fight Chris Cyborg yet. So that stinks. That's a tough, uh, long way for her. Anybody who missed any part of the show, you can download the podcast. It'll be up. Seems like we got those iTunes issues fixed. So you look up Fighters Fury on iTunes and uh, look for the new channel there. You can download it there. Go to our website, theticketmiami.com. We're also available there. And uh, yeah, man, everybody have a great week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.